This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. Picture the scene. You're paddleboarding along the water, surrounded by greenery and wildflowers as you pass by floating pontoons and public parks. That's the scene the Eden Project hopes to replicate in Canary Wharf. It plans to transform the area into a new attractive destination that boosts biodiversity and offers new spaces for arts and culture, as well as water sports like paddleboarding. The Eden Project hopes to demonstrate how a dense urban environment can live and work in harmony with nature. It sounds pretty good, but how much will it benefit the local environment and economy? And does this latest green concept represent the future for our cities? To find out, I spoke with David Harland, Chief Executive of Eden Project International. So first of all, David, what is this project all about? And can you sort of explain your vision? Yeah, so we've, we've just announced a, a new partnership with Canary Wharf Group, actually, which is all about sustainability and, and biodiversity. And I think we all probably recognise that, you know, we're living at a time when more and more people are living in urban environments, you know, 50% now, probably two thirds by 2050, they reckon. And one of the problems in Britain is, is that we've become really nature depleted. And so what we're looking to do with, with Canary Wharf really is to focus on bringing biodiversity back, bringing sustainability to the core of what they do. And by the way, they do a great job already, you know, and really to be part of, you know, Britain's nature recovery and to create a, a global exemplar, I, I think, is what we're trying to do. So in terms of biodiversity, can you give us an idea of how that will be boosted in Canary Wharf and what does it look like? Yeah, so in terms of, of biodiversity, there's many different ways that we can, uh, can go about that. And, you know, if you know the Canary Wharf site, you'll know it's an urban location. It's got a what one might call a rich industrial past until its sort of current incarnation. And so what we're looking to do is at one level create a sort of green spine through it, but there's also sort of blue-green spines as well. And we're very focused at Eden on things like pollinators. We're the home of the National Wildflower Centre. So creating species that will make people feel good, will look attractive, but will also then enhance the flora and fauna that, that's all around there. Because, you know, if there's one thing that the pandemic taught us, it is that actually we need nature. We need to be a part of nature, not apart from it. And it doesn't matter if you're at home or you're at work, you want to see some green, don't you? We want to see some blue as well. So that's what we're trying to do. And can you give us an idea as well of the sort of science coming from the Eden Project to this development in terms of supporting nature to thrive in the city? Yeah, so as I said, we're the home of the National Wildflower Centre. We've done a lot of work on um, particularly pollinators bringing species back. And you have to remember our home, you know, is built in a former China clay pit uh, here where I'm, I'm sitting now, which shows that you can take almost any environment and you can breathe new life into it after humans have, have sort of used it up. I think our excitement here is is to try this out in Canary Wharf, you know, a rich 
and very different environment in terms of what's there already. But when you go to Canary Wharf, it feels a bit lacking at the moment in terms of the green space, in terms of how the water is used. You've got these fantastic towers. And I think what we're trying to do is to bring alongside Canary Wharf Group that sort of livability, if you like, and, and I guess workability as well. And I've seen videos online of people sort of gorilla planting wildflowers on street corners in America. What is the benefit of wildflowers specifically in terms of rewilding an area and improving that biodiversity? Yeah, so so wildflowers are a part of the solution and, and I don't want to overclaim for them as important as we as we think they are. And the reason that they're important is that they grow in places that plants sometimes find difficult. They do great stuff to the soil, but they encourage pollinators. But almost more importantly than that is when you see a field of wildflowers or you see a, a pavement or a, a sort of location of them, they make you feel good. And actually what we've got to remind people is that we are part of the natural world not apart from it that we have this deep connection and i think you know wildflowers are part of that there's many other things that one can do and i think you know we're working with some really smart architects there smart landscape people as well to really challenge what the norms are and i think that's the excitement of this partnership now is how do we take a very different environment to the one that we have in cornwall here how do we bring some of that that nature back to it how do we make it feel great And is there an element of improving air quality and cutting down pollution to this sort of greening of an area like London? Can it make a dent in global warming? There's no question that it can. And and what we require is a series of interventions at at multiple, multiple levels. I'm not going to come on here and say, you know, plant a few flowers and it's going to sort everything out. Of course it's not. But I think we can each do our, our part. There's very good evidence now coming out about using certain plants to deal with pollution, to clean water, to enhance the soil. And I think our understanding grows and grows and grows. And funnily enough, a lot of what our friends, the hippies, might have said in the, in the 60s, turns out that um, they weren't so mad after all in, in some cases. But that, you know, I think that aside, the, the key thing here is by taking a, a place like Canary Wharf, And by demonstrating that change is possible and by putting in the right species and bringing the right pollinators in, it's a win-win for everyone. So why wouldn't you do it? And you mentioned a win-win for everyone there. Another win for people living in Canary Wharf, but also visitors too, is things like the paddleboarding and water sports you'll be able to do there. The space is for art and culture as well. I mean, can you tell us about that? What was the thinking behind that offering? So as the Eden Project, we're a sort of fairly holistic organisation. We're known for, you know, the environmental and sustainability work that we do. But when you come to Eden here, it's a blend of arts and cultures and science and, you know, all of that that, that great stuff and, and fantastic horticulture. What we see at Canary Wharf is the chance to influence how you make a location really feel human and part of nature, not not apart from nature. And I think that's incredibly exciting about how you blend those different components. Because to make a place live, you've got to have people in it. You've got to have that environment that encourages people to live, to work, to play. And you're not going to want to go and paddleboard on water that you don't want to fall into. And you're not going to walk down streets, which, you know, there's, there's nothing to, to look at. And I think bringing those things together, bringing in cultural interventions is, is going to be part of the fun. And I understand the Eden Project will get its own London base, sort of in return for making this project happen. What are the benefits of that and what are you hoping to achieve with that base? We're trying to inspire people to think afresh, whether they are government, business or individuals. 
And by having a, a base in London, by actually getting people to think differently, perhaps about cultural interventions, about, you know, the way that sustainability is done on a site like this, I think we have the opportunity to get into dialogue with many businesses there and many people, because this is a place that people come into every day. So, you know, literally millions of, of, of people across the year. And is the hope to eventually create more of these green areas in London? Is that part of your plans at all? Plenty of people are thinking and talking about London being greened. And I think it's a wonderful ambition. You know, London, people often talk, don't they? It's a series of villages sort of added together, you know, in, in historic terms. And I've been quite inspired by Singapore, where you see those green spines running through the city. They put gardens by the bay, which is a wonderful sort of replica of of Eden at one level. They've got the botanic gardens, but they've also got at multiple levels, they've got greenery sort of working. So their spine doesn't work on just on the flat. It works up and down. They have an advantage, which is a little bit more sun than us and a little bit more heat. So I think, you know, it feels like you could throw a toothpick in the ground at times in Singapore and it would and it would grow again. But I think the vision of bringing together our fantastic parks in London and these other urban environments is quite well understood. And I think we just got to get on with it. And I think that will help London really thrive. There's more on this story as well as other news, features and interviews at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.